Hello, everyone, and welcome to Outcomes of Sun podcast radio show with my delightful co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi, and myself, Marielle Hemingway. Uh, today, you know, we have started on this incredible summer. Summer, summer, summer. I mean, we haven't started. I mean, I guess we're full-fledged we're in, in it. summer now. We are in it. We are in it to win it, I hope. But I, a lot of people are suffering under that, right? Like, apparently, there's a lot of uh, issues with hot summer stuff going on. I mean, in, in, incredible, insufferable heat. All, Europe is experiencing an incredible heat wave. Um, humidity, high humidities. The East Coast of our tender United States is experiencing raging flooding. People are losing their really? gardens and their lands. And yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, uprooting trees. I mean, trees that have been around for 25, 50 years, the trees are being so uprooted because the soil, the, the ground is so moist. You have to ask yourself when things like this are happening, when, when extreme weather is going on, right? When, because we had an, a, an extraordinary winter, right? There was so much moisture. There was so much snow here in Idaho. There was so much rain in California. You know, we, we went, we came out of a drought for oh, years, yeah. came out of a drought in Idaho. And now the, the East Coast is being inundated with this heat. And I know a lot of people were saying, oh, I wonder because it was such a cold spring here, whether we were gonna have a massively, you know, hot, summer it's pretty normal here in idaho but you know across the nation i always wonder like people that say oh you know this the global warming thing doesn't happen but you know i you have to wonder if well, there is just you know we have not treated this mother earth terribly well for many many uh decades and it might be just that she's had it with us <laughs> And she's like, you know what? Well, I love to do that. I mean, I listen. There, I re I recently read about. Um, I read about a recent gathering, if you will, of people who were discussing different political topics. And we are not a political show, so I'm not going to venture too far into it, and I won't name names. But I will share with you some of the stuff that came out of the meeting, where a group of people were asking questions of a potential candidate running for an office, and in this benign, seemingly benign, innocent question being asked, someone in the audience stood up and said, I don't believe in climate change. It's a hoax. And another person said, you're an idiot. And these two men, right. not the, not the candidate on stage and not the journalist asking, but these two men in the audience started going at each other and became so volatile and, and vicious in their language. Nothing was physical wow. except for the gentleman who indicated that he didn't believe in climate change, that it was all a hoax took the microphone and released an unpleasant amount of flatulence into the microphone for the entire uh, the and that's what i think about climate change so i tell you this story <laughs> to to highlight that this is a very hot topic for some people who will lose all sense of decorum in the fight for what they believe to be accurate about this so far be it for me to try to change anyone's mind however yeah. I agree. When we're studying, when we're looking at, in my humble, honest opinion, when you're looking at some of the scientific knowledge and acknowledgement of the shift of our planet, you have to think, okay, well, where do we draw the line with what we do believe in science and what we don't believe in science for those who don't right. question it? So if you look at this and you believe it, then 
it holds merit that there's a yeah. shift changing and we as humans are propelling that shift faster than the environment is well when they when the when the you know icebergs are melting and things you know it's just happening and that's a reality yeah now maybe that's not climate change maybe that's just the earth going through what the earth goes through in cycles that could be it too but there is this kind of i choose to believe in science when it's convenient for me yep I don't choose to believe in science when i don't like it when i don't like what they're doing yeah. so sounds like, like an argument with my husband he doesn't when he doesn't believe what when he doesn't like what i'm saying he argues with me yeah right i know i mean i guess there's you know and and as human beings we're in this place you know you you and me as friends the wonderful thing about our friendship is that we get to talk about whatever it is that's on yep. our minds right we have this ability to say well you know i don't i don't really think that way or i i strongly believe this and and yet i'm very open to your opinion you're very open to mine and i think that that's where like even when it comes to climate change, when it comes to science, it comes to the weather, whatever it is, we have to be willing to have a discussion about it. And, you know, I, we've talked about this before, but this idea that we can't have conversation about uh, things that we're curious about is I know. just a weird world we've we've developed. We, we're not allowed to say what's on our mind because that puts us in a camp. Well, and I, I want, really yeah, dislike that. And I'm okay with somebody having a different opinion of me. I don't really care. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had lunch with, a, uh, with the two women. Um, and one of them was very comfortable in speaking up, disagreeing with me on something. She goes, no, 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 I don't agree at all, Melissa. And I, I, I wasn't taken aback. I, my mouth wasn't open in, in oh, how dare you? I didn't feel that. All I thought was, oh, good. She's going to challenge me a little yeah. bit. All right. All right. And so I even told her the following day by text that I welcomed. Um, it wasn't discord. It was a difference of opinion. And I didn't have to agree with her. And I and I knew she didn't. Right. Need to. But she if I was saying the sky's a beautiful baby blue, if she would have said, I disagree with you, I think it's a really from where I, from my perspective, it's royal blue. She's not wrong. It's for her perspective. Right. So I didn't exactly. need her to see it the way I did. And I think that well, I found that well, lunch to be so delightful as a result. Well, don't you think, and you've told me about this lunch, which is so wonderful. Don't you think it was also, it's also the fact that they come from a different generation, an older generation. Yes, the an older generation. Older women, right? Yeah. Who have grown up in and, and, and had decades of different, you know, different times right and we are in a decade where the youth or the really young are 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 programmed to believe that you have to stay in a certain lane yes and not have discussion about things otherwise you know now we're in this cancel culture if you discuss something that might be controversial controversial excuse me uh then all of a sudden you're in that camp and that's not the, that's not the generation we come from we come from you know that i i grew up in the 60s and 70s and it was all about like rebellion and this yeah. and I, I was very yeah. young at the time but but still there was a sense of like i'm grasping to try to figure out what's going on in the world yeah. one thing i love about you you as a parent like i i always notice how your children and i can't call them children because they're young adults now but 
they're so curious and you've encouraged them to be very open-minded about the conversation. And I just think that that's incredibly important. I think it is too. And thank you for saying that. And I'll tell you something, a little bit of that canceling is starting to backfire just a little bit starting to backfire, even amongst the people who were promoting it. And, you know, I, I don't like what you say, therefore I'm canceling you. And then we in the media became so fearful. And I think that when I met with these two friends of mine, they were, one of them was saying, well, I don't agree with this. And she was telling me why, but you know what? It's okay to not like what somebody says. It's, it's okay right. to turn off your TV if you don't want to see the ad. It's, a, it's, a, it's okay to not want to support someone if he or she was recently found guilty of doing some heinous crime. What's not okay is to dredge up people's past from 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago when they've tried to make amends or they've, because then we, then what we're saying as a, as a yeah. people that we don't believe in the power of, of a, of shit, of changing, of, people of changing, changing. Of, and rehabilitation. Well, and yeah, and, rehabil and that's a very, very interesting point because socially we don't want to allow it. And yet all the programs of people, let's, let's talk about addiction because this is a show about mental yes. health. You yes. talk about addiction, you're, the whole idea behind addiction is that you say, look, you, the world is your oyster and you get right. to Right? right. And we're not going to hold you to all the things that you did in the past. You know, that's right. You apologize for them or whatever it is. That's but right. moving forward, we accept that you can change, but we don't allow people to change. And, and we're such a, you know, for the most part, Christian based, you know, religiously, and I'm not ta talking about religion, but the I whole know. idea is about forgiveness, right? It's allowing people to come to a place where, okay, I did these things, I got this thing, and I need to work it out, but I need to move forward. And I, you know, there's many people that have had addictions, have had yes, terrible been you know done some terrible things in their past but have become really wonderful citizens of the world right well, and Marielle the, and they the should whole, be able to well what what does it do to your mental health if you think you're never forgiven for your past sins now listen yeah I'm not speaking of the criminally insane who have done horrific things to children so I don't want anyone coming at me on the show no, no, no. I'm not talking about horrific no, no. things I'm talking about um Anyway, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to be pinpointed. I'm just saying, uh, uh, staying on the, t the subject of addiction, alcoholism, drug use, when yeah. someone has made a mistake and he or she is working to get a ahead of that, yes. part of their mental wellness program is realizing that there's room for forgiveness, not only for they yeah. for them to be, forgive themselves, but for others to allow them to grow and forgive also. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, this is a great discussion, one that we'll probably have again and again. <laughs> I'm terribly interested. No, I'm just interested in it because I want to be able to talk about things. I oh, just yeah. I come from that generation. And I think by discussion, we we come to conclusions and we come to recovery or whatever it is. Anyway, moving on. Don't if you're just tuned in to us, you're listening to Outcomes of Sun Radio with Melissa Yamaguchi and myself, Marielle Hemingway. And don't go away because we have a wonderful guest. Well, the guest is a Subject. book, but, you know, it's a guest. <laughs> it's a guest book, <laughs> but not a guest book, really. You look marvelous. <laughs>
As a mental health advocate and author, I love books. Books have the capacity to inspire, educate, transform, and ultimately help readers all over the world. So if you want to publish your book or if you need help writing your story, I highly recommend Mindstir Media, rated the number one best book publisher around the country. Mindstir Media can help you no matter where you are in the book writing or publishing process. Go to mindstermedia.com to learn more and schedule a consultation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Outcomes of Sun Radio. And I'm excited today to talk about a book because you know that I have a, a book club. It's called the Mariel Hemingway Book Club. But also, I just love to talk about books because I think books are so important. I think that it's just a shame that we don't read as much as we used to. But you... Uh, Melissa, my co-host, amazing co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi, have a friend who wrote a really interesting book that I find fascinating. I find it fascinating because I think it's so relatable. It's such a relatable. So please tell us a little bit about this book because because I love it. And and also she's your friend. So I'd like to hear from you. you. So the book is written by Marianne Doherty and she's an original... Pennsylvanian who has transplanted out to Santa Barbara. And I've known Marianne for 27, 28 years. Um, And she's always been a magazine editor. She's always done a lot of, you know, in magazines, it's quick writing, right? Well, she's been working on this novel and she completed it. And I've learned about these characters. When I would meet with her for lunch, she talks about them as though she's telling me about a family reunion she just got back from. (laughs) And I would have to say, who is this now? And it was a character. They were so alive for her. But she has her book out and you can get it on Amazon. It's called What We Remember. Great title. And it's the premise of it is something that I think you and I as friends will find intriguing is it's the premise of these four women who have been friends through childhood and or college age. And it shows the metamorphosis of their friendship throughout the years, whether it's from it during marriage or childbirth or the loss of someone or divorce or cancer or whatever the issue is, showing how even though they've changed and life changed for them, this core fabric of friendship was able to keep them tied together. And you and I both know how hard that is. It's hard. It absolutely is hard. And it's such a, it's beautifully written too. And let's just say that, you know, we both have a, an admiration for anybody who can actually put sentences together with, you know, with fluidity and like, it's almost lyrical in, in their ability to, to, to transpose, to tell you a story in a way that makes you smile and makes you think, ah, oh, you know, I really like that. So I, yeah, it's a wonder, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful story. Cause I think we are curious about those relationships uh, that, that we've had for a really long time and whether they, they, stand the test of time right the test of our of our changes and what friends that I mean I know what's curious about our friendship is that it happened so late in life and yet it's such a bonding experiences experience and yet I know that I have friends from a long time ago they're still dear dear to me and there's certain aspects of that friendship that don't translate as well now and then other aspects that 
are still there, but yep. they're 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 kind of implanted in the past. Yep. That yep. relationship to those people is kind of it's based on something childlike in in a funny way. Ours is funny because it's such a combination of different things, but I, I just love this. I love the, this book. I love this book because it really does explore friendship from, from the different, from the different generations and, and different changes, not generations. But with the title, what we remember. So what we remember about our lives is often what we choose to remember. Until yeah. someone from our life goes, oh, no, no, it wasn't like that. Remember, it was like this or whatever that is. I remember when my mom and dad divorced and yeah. they be, they now many years later, they they've maintained a friendship, <coughs> excuse me. And the reason they've been able to maintain that is because they knew each other when. So a lot of their siblings have passed away. Their parents have passed away. A lot of their their friends passed away. They came from a near nearby to small towns so a lot of the people that they both knew are gone and so i had someone ask me at one point your parents are still friends they've been after the divorce and i said well they have three children and like seven grandchildren and two great three great grandchildren together yes they're still friends but if you'll remember if you'll think about it my dad is one of the last people alive who knew my mother when before she was a mom, before she was, you know, when she was still a young, young woman. And so what we remember for my parents is they hold each other true to that, that point in time. You know, when you take a, you know, you have a board and you see like those crime scenes where they'll put a pin in the middle, they take a red string and draw it to the next area when they're trying to map out like the crime scene. Well, if that, if the center point that you take that red string is, if that's your center point, my dad and mom hold that for each other because they've been, even though they're divorced, they're still friends. They hold that center point of remember when, what we remember. Right. Yeah, I think. It's yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. Even thinking about, uh, we, none, of you, none of your parents have passed, but my parents have passed. So my memory of my parents is our memories. I invent not my memories, but I envision my parents as the people they were when I was growing up. Yes. So they young people, they were younger than I am now. They were in their forties and fifties when I was growing up. Right. And so that's how I remember my parents. Even when I have memories that are of later in life, I remember them from when they were younger because that was the most impact they probably yes. had. And, and that it's so interesting how our imagination is so impactful that what we imagine is the reality that the reality that it becomes in our brain. Our, our brain really, our imagination becomes the reality with, with which you, you create from, right? Yeah. So it's why we're so, I love this because we are so powerful as human beings that we are, we can create a reality in our brains that can change the way that we think. Yeah. And by changing the way that we think, we can actually change physicality, you know, problems in our physical bodies. If we have diseases, if we can change that thinking through having an imagination of what you would like to see, so you're actually seeing it in the brain, your brain is understanding that as reality. And the more you think those thoughts, 
and create that imaginary vision, whatever yeah. it is, and you keep thinking it, keep thinking it, keep thinking it, you can actually create it as a reality. That's what manifestation is. It's not some mystical, I think that it's that the brain has the ability yeah. to recreate your reality by thinking the thought that you want to have happen over and over and over and over again. I find it, I find it fascinating. So I, this book reminds me that, I don't know, it, it, you know, and everything is perspective when you look back on history, right? Well, and also like, yeah. that, that manifesting within reason, right? Because I can think from here till doomsday that I'm going to look like Grace Kelly and be married to, well, my <laughs> husband, if I'm attracted to him, but it's not going to happen. But I, but yes, I, to your point, you said something in the beginning when we were talking about how we're not reading as much. And I wanted to mention, I, I read something recently. I read something about us not reading that said that we, our attention span is is waning at a at a rapid rate because of um our reliance upon technology ipads iphones whatever it is so people's attention spans to be able to read the tomes of yesteryear where they can yeah. stay with a 300 page chapter or whatever it is 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 really our authors are struggling yeah to maintain their the their audience's attention and yeah. I, it's it, the brain to your point that you just made is a muscle and yes it, it you, you we got to train it to stay on on the book on the book you know because what i when i talk to my clients about reading they'll say oh my gosh melissa i fall asleep after after two chapters or yeah. i can't even get a full chapter out i fall asleep it's because the brain's exhausted yeah yeah well that's so in, and that's an interesting thing because it is a muscle so I used to I used to have a horrible problem as a child as a child in school. Books put me to sleep within, you know, five minutes. I would get so tired. But now when I think about it now, as a child, I was dealing with a tremendous amount of stress. Yeah. My mother had cancer. I was care, I was caregiving, I was cleaning house, I was doing whatever I was doing because uh, stupidly, I thought that was my job. But you know, whatever, you love your family, but that exhaustion was because I was exhausted and yeah. my brain was so over, overwrought with stress mm -hmm. that I couldn't handle it. And that, and, and my brain just like taking in more information, even though I was young, I couldn't do it and I couldn't retain it until I was out of stress. It's so interesting that you say that because when I then moved to New York. I was 16 years old. I moved to New York. I started reading like crazy, but I no longer had the responsibility of caring for my mother yeah. or whatever that stress was. The stress level had gone away. So I became voracious, yeah. a voracious reader and was retaining it. And now, I mean, it I'm actually discovering this in this conversation. I realized the reason why I could retain after that is because the stress level wasn't there. So stress is like, and I and I talk about this in tips and stuff like that. Stress is such a big issue for oh, yeah. at this point in time. When we talk about the blue zones and people that live, live a long, long time, so many of them live a long time because their stress levels are low. Yeah. Because you'll often hear that they smoke cigarettes and eat 
you know, sugar constantly or whatever. Now, I don't recommend that, especially if you're under stress, but their stress levels are low so that they can get away with that. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a tough world we live in. So you really have to monitor your life so you can try to monitor that stress that's coming. Exactly with. right. It's exactly right. And the thing, the thing about reading, the reason reading is so beautiful for your for you on uh, with with stress in your life is it allows yeah. you escape and allows you as you're as you're reading about the streets of Laredo you're reading about you're reading about the 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 change of the color of the leaves on the, in New England you're reading about some faraway place whatever you're reading your mind is taking you there and yeah. we and you've talked about this and we've had a guest talk about the fact that your mind can't sometimes decipher between what's if it's if it's really happening or if you're are you really there so as you're reading about something exciting and we were on the boat and the the whole flight you know whatever what if you, yeah. your, your heart begins to getting excited and it takes you there it allows you to escape from your rote movements of getting up at eight drinking your coffee eating your breakfast going to work coming home watering the plants whatever it is we do on a day-to-day -day basis that offers you a break so i I mean, we, I know that we, the Mariel Hemingway book club, it, the, our goal here with you and your, your club that you have is to really highlight this craft of writing in honor of your, your work that you've done. Certainly your grandfather's work, this Hemingway work is really honoring the craft of writing. So if we have authors who are taking their time to share with us their craft, then let's exercise our brains a little bit more and what we remember might be one you want to add to your list because it is talking about the value of friendship. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And you're so right. It's just like activating that imagination. And you know how crazy is it that we, not only do we activate the imagination, then all of a sudden it touches the emotion. And then, you know, yeah. I mean, I everybody out there has read a book that like you're in tears or you're, you know, your heart's racing because you're chasing something. But when you're, when you allow the, your brain to create the scenario, somehow it's even more palpable than looking at it, looking at it on a screen. And I'm a, I'm a big lover of the screen. I love seeing things, but when the imagination is the screen, yeah. really powerful, it's really powerful. And I do think that it exercises quote unquote, the brain in a way that keeps you keeps you your brain cells active and vital absolutely live and yes. i'll tell you something um for those that are dyslexic the books on tape ha offer that same value you know yes. my husband is dyslexic yeah i do a ton of driving as does billy i know your husband does as well and and books on tapes are powerful they're so amazing and they it, it, it activates the same thing i drive to idaho a lot so i listen to a lot of books and and i do hiking as well I, I i love it i love it all i love taking it in however you're supposed to take it in i have a friend who listens to an audible book but also reads it at the same time not at the very same time but he listens while he's walking or whatever and then he goes home and he reads it too i don't know you know what what i was going to say about billy is that he because of his dyslexia he did not have access to a lot of books before yeah. and he told me that once he got them on tape he came home one day we'd been dating at this time and he got some book on tape and he 
he became ravenous. He said, give me a list of all these authors. And he, he, he said, I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I'm going to buy this one. I'm getting this book. This, this was at the time that it wasn't on, you know, your book, your phone, you could download it. He would go right. to the actual bookstore and buy the book on the tape and play it in the cassette of his car. And he was, he, he was like a little kid who'd gone to Disneyland for the first time and just saw Mickey Mouse. He could not <laughs> believe that this was this world that was out there. He'd known nothing about. And he said, I, this a whole new world has opened up for me. Well, that's what books do for me because I love to read. But watching my husband as a young man, be, uh, 27, 28 years old, it was like the, someone had finally turned on a light. And so I'm, I know what books can do. I've witnessed it in a grown-ups, you know, watching it with through him and certainly my children. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so exciting. It's so great. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our conversation about books today. Uh, yes. Check out uh, what we remember. And what is our author's name? I've Mary Ann Doherty. Mary Ann Doherty. What we remember. Beautiful book, really beautiful book. So check that out. And we'll have another book very soon. And one to add to the Mariel Hemingway book club, which is always exciting. Um, and uh, don't go away because we will come back and we'll have a tip from Melissa Yamaguchi about energy. Hi there, this is John Sonne, best-selling author, futurist, and strategist. And my research is taking us right into the heart of the biggest challenge we are all experiencing. How do we thrive as human beings in the age of AI? Join me in the interviews where I'll be taking you through the tools that we need to be applying to ourselves, our children, and our organizations. You're listening to Outcomes the Sun with Mario Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Welcome back to Outcomes the Sun with Mario Hemingway and me, Melissa Yamaguchi. I want to share with you some feng shui tips about death. Now I've spoken before about grief and I've spoken about clearing your space, but there's some very specific things to do when you've experienced a death of someone with whom you live. So the first thing that we do, even if the person passed away in a hospital, regardless of where he or she passed away, the first thing you do when you're working on the feng shui of your home is to open all the windows. You open the windows to clear the air, to let new air in. This is similar to the process of dealing with grief, but it's really about moving the air immediately. Um, if the person did pass away in your home, then you must, uh, in feng shui, we wash everything in the room. We even put, we even clean the walls, we clean everything, and we're not erasing the person. We are, uh, in feng shui, it's seen as allowing them to leave, allowing the person to leave. We remove uh, his or her clothing. Um, now, some people have different timelines for this because they want to hold on to it a little bit longer. But in the concept of feng shui, studying energy, it's about allowing your loved one to move on. There's an energetic blessing by saying, I love you. I had you here. Now I'm blessing you to go to wherever you believe um, the person leaves to go uh, travels to. So remove their clothing, and certainly you can. You're you're uh, encouraged to hold on to some items that are most precious and dear to you, but do remove the clothing. We sweep the entire home. We do a quick vacuum and a sweep of the entire home to again cleanse the energy and to start fresh. Um, then there's a few things that we do that are very um, 
very, very common in a lot of indigenous cultures. So I'll share this. Um, we did this as a child when I was in Oklahoma also, but in feng shui, we use salt. So we bring salt as a cleanser. It's a sterilizer. So we, we can sprinkle the corners of the home with salt and you don't have to leave it there. Certainly you can reverse that pattern and bring the salt in. And after a day of 24 hours of salt, you can then bring in the sweeping or the vacuuming. Um, we also burn incense. So after we've cleaned and cleansed the entire home and said our prayers and wished our loved one on to thank them for their time with us, that we were so lucky and blessed to have them in our lives for when we did, then we allow them to, we, we bless them for the next journey. Then we burn incense to, it's a, and the incense that is used most frequently in feng shui is sandalwood incense because it has a sweetness to it. It has sort of a spiritual scent to it. It's a, if you, if you smelled burning sandalwood, it's kind of a calming scent. So we burn this throughout the house and you can certainly leave the windows open while you're doing it. If you don't want to keep the smell, some people will use sage because they think it cleanses. Um, sage is often used though in feng shui to remove toxic energy. So if there was something that you felt heavy or bad about, then certainly sage would work. But if you are blessing a loved one to move on and it was a, it was a, a natural passing, then burning incense is a feng shui tip that we use. That's my tip for today around the concept of death in your home and in your life. So stay tuned, don't go too far. Coming up next for a tip on balance is Mariel Hemingway. Hello, and welcome back to Outcomes of Sun Radio. You are listening to Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi, and I'm going to give you a little tip on balance. I want to talk about meditation today, and people often ask me, oh, you know, how do you meditate? What, what do you do? How do you know, what, how, how does it work? And look, there's no magic solution to meditation, right? There's no magic way of doing it that's going to instantly make you become a Buddhist monk or or a Tibetan monk or that you're going to all of a sudden have no thoughts. I think there's a misnomer about meditation that once you start meditating, you'll eventually get into this place where you're going to have no thoughts. Well, I've been meditating for 30 plus years, and I have yet to have a no thought situation happen to me. I wish it were the case, but basically meditation is a time that you disconnect from technology for the most part. Now, that being said, there are, there are apps that, that will give you some guided meditations. That's often very, very helpful for somebody starting out meditation to be guided with the sounds of water or wind or, or, or something in nature or the sound of waves, you know, lapping up against the uh, beach. It's very helpful to help you to get into a calm place. And why do you want to get into this calm place? Because it, it disengages the stress, kind of the stress reaction to our lives. And when we are disengaged from that fight or flight, it's very helpful for our health, mental and physical health. So meditation is so beneficial on so many different levels. It just helps with bringing you to a sense of peace. And don't worry if you have to start out with two minutes. I often say to people, look, if you've never meditated before, start with two minutes. 
You can handle it. I promise you. Two minutes is not going to kill you. And then after you started with your two minutes, you're going to add a couple minutes a week until finally you're up to 20. Say you never get past 20 minutes, but if you meditated and meaning you took time to be still present and aware of your breath and aware of your body sitting in a seated position, or maybe you're lying on your back as long as you're not going to just instantly fall asleep. But you're doing this with an awareness of your body in space, in time, and you're not stressing, right? And let me tell you something about stressful thoughts. Stressful thoughts will come. What you do when those stressful thoughts come up is you say, this is important. I will remember this because if it's really important, trust me, you're going to remember it in the five minutes that you're spending in stillness. And if you stick with that stillness past those, you know, aggravating thoughts that you think you need to address immediately, you will find that when you address them after you come out of stillness meditation, or even just call it quiet time or prayer, if that's how you speak to yourself. But if you wait, you will come at that problem from a totally different perspective because it changes the way you feel. Because if you've taken the time to be still and quiet inside yourself, you address problems differently because you're coming from a place of of calm. And when you come at problems or issues from a place of calm, you address them in a way that comes up with actual solutions rather than panic solutions. You're not in fight or flight. So meditation has so many benefits and the physical benefits are, are profound. Um, You know, even, even so much to say that people who suffer from diseases and things that are very, very serious, creating a meditation practice for yourself where you visualize your wellness, you visualize your physical body becoming healthy and repairing, and you visualize yourselves being strong. And, you know, it, it, if you have a low red blood cell count, you visualize those red blood cells coming to, to, to the rescue, right? Whatever it is that you need, you have the ability in that, you know, quote unquote meditation, whatever you want to call it, that's still time for you to really change, change things. Even if it just means you're going to come at any issue in your life with a sense of peace calm and addressing it from a place where you're in control of the narrative, right? And that's what I think that meditation does. It enables you to turn things around so that you're not a reactor, you're a responder. And what I mean by that is we we react to things when we go, you know, and you don't take a moment to, to take a breath before you lash out at something. Response is when you take a breath and a pause and you respond to something. And that's what meditation teaches you to do. It teaches you to be a responder. It teaches you to see things from a perspective that nothing can take you down. Like it's all just energy moving. And, And 
what perfect thing you listen to Melissa's amazing, you know, tips on energy and you realize that we're all energy. And when you meditate, you can actually feel energy. When you take time to be still, you can actually feel energy when you do it long enough. You can feel the energy moving through your body. You can feel it like waves. And it's just about paying attention. It's not magic. It's not mystery. It's just once you've calmed your nervous system down enough, you start to be able to feel internally how you feel. And I think that that's one of the great benefits is that it slows you down enough to feel yourself, to feel how you work on the inside out. So to me, it's been one of the greatest things in my life to learn. I learned it many, many years ago. Uh, in I learned it through doing yoga. And, and I, I used to do a crazy practice of yoga that was so athletic, basically, for lack of a better term, it was a very athletic kind of yoga, because I was so physically, I needed to physically get that energy out, so that I could sit still in meditation. And when I would do the physical, I would be so at ease in the in the stillness, in sitting in stillness, in sitting in meditation. And that's how I learned how to do it. I actually had to be physical in order to calm down to, so that my brain could calm down. And now it's just a tool, but I don't even call it a tool. It's a joy for me every day that I wake up in the morning and I think of, I think of gratitude. And, and when I'm sitting in meditation, it's just this time where I know I'm blanketed in peace, blanketed in calm. And I know that, that I was taught self-love by meditation and as goofy and maybe woo-woo as that sounds, it really isn't. It's, it's very important for us to love ourselves because the truly the only person that can really love you as the Miley Cyrus song is, <laughs> says, I can give myself flowers. Uh, I can love me better than you can. And that's kind of true. And it it's not a judgment of anybody else's love for us, but the true love comes from within. And so that's my tip for today. Love yourself and uh, start meditating, maybe a little bit. I like the adding on a minute a week. I like that because it's, it's, attain, it's obtainable. And some people think, oh my gosh, I can't. How do you, I got all these thoughts. I like the the baby step because it everybody can feel like they're winning people don't yeah. feel like they're losing yeah i like that tip yeah it's because it is it, it can be challenging right yeah. it, you know it, it can be challenging if you see it as challenging but yeah. it minutes isn't that challenging right i mean that's yeah. not all right i can sit here for two minutes like how often are you here's a good place to do it when you're on a plane <laughs> and you just heard that you were delayed for 25 minutes. And you, at first it's so annoying and you're like, oh, and then I always say to myself, oh, wait, perfect time to meditate. And I, I start out just like everybody else. I'm a little agitated. I'm still listening with half an ear to, you know, whether they're going to say that we're going to leave the, the gate or whatever it is. <laughs> and yet that time that you take to just kind of, all right, 
come back to myself. I can't change the situation, but it's a great way that when you're a captive audience and you're literally a captive audience to practice meditation, it's a good place to start. <laughs> all right. Fasting and meditating all on the plane. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you everybody. What a, what an interesting show. I think for me, I learned a lot. Thank you, Melissa, for sharing all, I don't know, your insights into living life and friendships and gosh, the brain, the imagination and how much books can fill us, fill up our lives. And I hope everyone, I don't know, takes away something glorious from this little bit of time we had together. And it's so great that you're here and you're listening to Outcomes the Sun podcast. And again, I will always say it, please check out MarielHemingwayFoundation.org and check out how you can help us become a resource navigator so that we can bring solutions for mental health to everybody in this country, whether they need holistic help or psychiatric help or medicinal help or pharmaceutical help, whatever it is, we just want to be able to guide people towards their solution because there is a solution for everyone. So thank you so much for listening to Outcomes of Sun. We will see you again soon.